Welcome to the Leverage Podcast. This is episode 29. Who wants to hear about how Turkey sucks? (laughs) (laughs) Damn bullshit. Bullshit. (laughs) It's, uh, what time is it here? 3, 4.15 a.m. Call back at 5.05. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, if you guys stick around on the call for another 45 minutes, you'll hear the fucking prayer go off, which is a lovely sounding prayer by an old man that goes off for roughly five minutes on loudspeakers around the entire city at 5 a.m. in the morning. No joke. No fucking joke. So why do you guys go there? (laughs) Well, (laughs) we did Ukraine and then we had, you know, we had a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to kill and we're doing Thessaloniki Greece which I've heard from people who know their shit about partying. It's one of these untouched gems, kind of like Odessa, you know, like if you've heard about a city a lot, it probably sucks for partying. Like Amsterdam fucking blows. It's all dudes. Berlin sucks. Um, You know, there's a few places, but you know, essentially you're just getting like more of an LA or New York scene where unless you know everyone and you're super hooked up at the clubs and you're getting free bottles like we do and shit, then, you know, you're just going to have a run of the mill. Okay. Time. When you go somewhere like off the beaten path, like Odessa, where most Americans have no fucking idea, even where it is, let alone they're too scared to go there. Most Western countries have no idea like that. It's just an untapped market of nothing but hot bitches who are actually really friendly and receptive. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take too long for these places to get completely overrun by like British tourists and, you know, Swedish, Scandinavian tourists, Australians and Americans, Turkish tourists. Right. So like Odessa is one of those places where I feel like maybe in three to five years, it'll be like a Croatia type of deal. Like everyone will realize how sick it is. They'll start going there, but, what happens with the local girls is they see all these sex tourists come in. They become, you know, really closed off to those types of people, different clubs open up that are more like insider clubs with locals. Um, And you can see that kind of happening now in Croatia. Like what used to be sick, it's now just a bunch of tourists going to places like VAR and, um, you know, the, the good spots change. So we needed a place to go between, uh, you know, our first gamble was Odessa turned out to be fucking home run of the, of the, of the world. Never been to a place that even comes close to the type of talent, the amount of partying, um, the prices are just fucking out of control cheap. Like we raged every night with bottles tables, dinner, fruit at our table, less than, less than $150. The credit card statements came to $139 pretty much every night divided by four. So you're paying 35 bucks a person to have dinner bottles and be surrounded by insanely hot talent. Now, granted, it's not that easy. Um, you know, your game has to be really solid. 
your, your nonverbal skills have to be really, really good because these girls don't really speak a lot of English. And if you try to go in with, you know, just too much talky talky, you're going to have a really hard time. Patrick experienced that a lot. He's not very emotional. <laughs> One guy even told him he was a cab driver. Oh no, the dude that was showing us around the blue mosque yesterday, he goes, you look like you work for the government. <laughs> you look very serious. Like you work for government. I'm like, well, it's not too far from the truth. Um, <laughs> but um, Patrick doesn't actually work for the government, but you know, it's uh, it was a very accurate assessment. So, you know, we needed a place to go for three days on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that had good flights from Odessa and then flights to Thessaloniki, which is our next stop in Greece. And Istanbul was the place. And it's a cool, it's a really cool fucking city. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of history, a lot of culture, food was bomb. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's a pretty sketchy place. You know, there's, <laughs> it's a Muslim country. We got ISIS running around. There was a fucking <laughs> shooting. We killed like nine people yesterday. Two people were killed today. Explosions. You got cops like pulling our car over, which was an Uber and like opening up the inside. And they've got like a, like an M5 <laughs> pointed at us. So it's a little on the sketchball side. Um, you know, but it is a major city and, and, um, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> there's partying here. I mean, every single night there has been people and there has been partying. It's just, you know, these, these cultures out here, I, I've spent a lot of time in Israel. It's a very hard culture. Like people here have to be, they have to be tough. They have to be hard. Um, and you, you see that a lot in terms of like guys, guys being aggro towards other guys and girls being aggro towards other girls. Um, you know, like the, the girls are pretty nice and receptive to guys, but the guys that are with them will super cock block and like throw major shade, have security come and pull shit. And, um, yeah, Cameron, tell the story. So, uh, last night we're out at a place it's supposed to be, a place where it's kind of like gay, kind of like the Abbey in LA. I'm talking to two girls by themselves, two Turkish girls. They're fairly receptive. They're telling me about LA and stuff and where they've been. Massive Turkish guy walks up between us, blocking me off, and just points the door. Leave, leave, broken English, leave. And then, like, security comes up and grabs me and pulls me outside. And they're like, don't talk to girls. Don't talk to girls. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> don't talk to girls. Where's your table? You go back. <laughs> and they were saying two years ago, they would have just taken him out front and beat the fuck out of him and then told him to leave. <laughs> so <laughs> that wouldn't have been good. So, you know, anyways, we're staying in the nicest part of town. The views are amazing. It's a sick place. Other than the fact that the air conditioner is broken and it's, 95 fucking degrees with 99% humidity and we lost power one day too. That was fun. They do make good shawarma and good uh, what's it called? Baklava. The baklava looks very good. And if you ever need good shit to buy that's like a knockoff, you go to the bazaar and you can get the best deals on anything. You can even buy counterfeit money. (laughs) (laughs) 
any denomination, you can use that shit in the strip club. They'll never know. <laughs> Make it rain with counterfeit one. <laughs> I saw like a lot of the same clothes. I like it. I had that same cock hat. I think I paid 25 bucks for it at Norsham's. I could have got it here for, for I think 10 lira, which is three thirty three. Yeah. So you can negotiate with these fucks and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, as far as why we're here, Istanbul is not a, uh, not the great, greatest place. The one thing I will say about it is day game wise, it's not bad. Um, where we're staying, like I said, it's kind of like Beverly Hills. You got a lot of girls walking up and down the street. Um, I'd say the, you know, the ratio of approachable open girls compared to like, I mean, there's definitely more girls walking around here than LA because there's more foot traffic, right? No. The girls are going to be more receptive in LA just because they speak English. A lot of these girls will tell you that they don't speak English. It's just a way to blow you off. Um, you know, but I feel is like the, the day game cities that I found to be really good. You know, Berlin wasn't terrible. You got a lot of walkers there or people walking around. Where else did I go? That was pretty good for day game. Sydney, Australia was pretty good. Um, I know there's a few I'm missing, but you know, day game wise, it's right up there. You got a, you got better talent than New York. The talent in New York is just so fucking bad. So bad. (laughs) And you got more people walking around than you do in LA. So day game wise is good. I think as a whole, I did one approach. I went one for one. David got a number. You guys maybe did what, like seven or eight others total. So I went like two for 10 or two for 15, which is about what you would expect. But you know, it's Eastern Europe. And so the values are a little different. So a lot of people got like, I have a boyfriend or I'm married. And the thing is like girls get married and I'm here like fucking like mid early 20s. Yeah. Mid early 20s. So, um, yeah, Odessa, fucking amazing. Best place I've been in Europe by miles and miles and miles. The girls there are just super fucking straightforward. Like, if they like you, they're, like, in love with you. And they're like, I missed you. I want to cook for you. Let's hang out. Where are you coming? When are you coming back? Blah, blah, blah. There's no sort of any nonsense beating around the bush. If they don't like you, they're just like, Oh no, thank you. I'm sorry. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> <Bye-bye>. <laughs> I mean, the partying is just fucking nuts. Um, so we'll have a much more detailed report on Thessaloniki, Greece. It could be another, you know, gold mine of untapped, you know, gold nuggets, or it could be, a complete flop. <laughs> Who knows? Now that's the fun of it. That's a lot of the fun of it. And then making, you know, we did our best to make, uh, to make tonight and, and Istanbul good. I mean, fuck, I must've done uh, fuck, 10 to 12 approaches and literally got only one group of girls interested. And, uh, it was like, two 18 year olds and a 19 year old from Spain. So they weren't even Turkish and they went back to their, they were eating dinner with their parents. So it was kind of a weird situation. 
and uh, the girls were doing impressions. All the guys were doing impressions. Uh, did anyone fucking cook anything? I mean, Shirvan, you got that one girl. I got a number. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like I was thinking for a few days to have gone a big blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So if I had a couple weeks to spend here, I think it'd be great. I'd day game. I'd meet some locals who, you know, we met some cool chicks last night at sunset. Um, five, you know, decently attractive girls. Um, you can see in the picture where they're surrounding Cameron and it wouldn't be that hard to get hooked up with the in crowd. You're still going to the same places, but you're obviously getting the benefits of the social circle. You know, you're meeting people through warm leads. They're going to be way more receptive, way more open. And that's like such a game changer. Like just relying on approaching is just so difficult because it's going to be real hard to like get a smoke show interested in you because she already has like so many guys on her jock and a bunch of Turkish guys are probably blocking her. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, approach game, I want you guys to really understand. I say this a lot, but I feel like people don't really quite get it. Like approaching is, is probably not going to be how you end up meeting like most of the really fucking awesome hot chicks that you'll one day look back on and be like, oh, she was fucking awesome. She was cool, blah, blah, blah. Um, you'll meet almost all of those girls through social circle, friends of friends. And that's why it's so important to have a, a good social circle and a network because you get access to those girls. They immediately think that you're cool because you're guilty by association. And it's not hard to, you know, basically just run you don't even have to hit on them. You just, in, in essence, you just don't hit on them. You just be cool, show value, and eventually they'll want to fuck you, and then you fuck, and then you have a relationship on your terms. You can fuck their friends. You can fuck everyone else in front of them. And then you kind of have this harem of hot girls. Um, you know, if you want to play the approach game, you know, usually you approach a, an eight or a nine, like on the street. They're, uh, you know, some can be receptive, but it's also going to be tough because it's so easy for them to have just so many dudes after them. Um, so I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's just, it's just harder. Right. So going to any city and getting good at this stuff is a combination of approaching, which you do mostly to just be more confident. You know, you don't really approach just as a function of getting numbers. You approach because it gets rid of all your nerves. You know, when you talk to, the smoking hot chick who you met through a friend and you've done 10 approaches that day and you're not feeling any sort of fear whatsoever. You're like, whatever, I've been rejected all these times. I don't give a fuck. If this girl likes me or not, whatever, I'm good. I don't care about rejection. It doesn't hurt. I'm not scared. You don't stumble over your words. You don't run out of shit to say. You don't overthink it. And you do so much better. So people are lazy. You know, some guys will just become like approach maniacs and just approach, 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 never build a social circle. <laughs> Joel and um, other guys <laughs> will just do nothing. They won't approach and will just rely on a shitty social circle because their social circle isn't good enough to get them the quality. So Joel, I called you out there, but does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you're an approach machine, which is great. Um, it's definitely now build a you. fucking social circle. Well, here's the thing, like, you're not really at a place where you can build a social circle yet because you do too many goofy, stupid things. Like, a dude um, who has a fixed social circle isn't going to bring you in. 
right? You're not quite there yet in terms of the social intelligence level. You're close. You're definitely close, but you're not quite there yet. Like you don't bring enough value to the table. If I meet a guy like the other night, we're at a uh, after hour spot called the fancy room in, uh, in Odessa. And I met this guy named Alexander immediately. I'm like, all right, this dude, this, this is my people. He's well-dressed. He's smart talking about cool shit. He's, you know, joking around and also interesting, has interesting insights on things. Um, clearly rolls with hot chicks. You know, it, it, it only took me a second to notice that. And it's pattern recognition, just like how hot girls will notice within a second. If you're the type of dude that she dates, you know, I could, I have the same pattern recognition because I've hung out with these girls and I've hung out with the guys that date them. So I knew instantly it was that type of guy. And then it was confirmed the next day when, you know, I go to meet him for a fucking coffee at a dead spot. And then five minutes later, like two pretty cute girls show up, you know, a 6.5 and a seven show up and they're giving him tons of love. And, you know, he, he knows where the fuck to go. So it's just obvious. Like, and Joel, you're not there yet on that radar. I wasn't either for a really long time. So, don't beat yourself up about it. It's just, you know, where you're at. So doing more approaching, um, you know, making more money, befriending the right people. Um, you know, your value is not going to come from a social standpoint. It's going to come from what other sort of value you can provide. Financially, favors, who knows. One thing that I, that, really, really helps my anxiety and avoidance, whatever you want to call it, is I have a decision tree in my head. I know what I'm going to say. I know what her responses are going to be. I know what my responses are going to be for those responses. I know what her responses are going to be for those. And then I know what my follow-ups. Like, I'm seeing many, many moves ahead, like chess or any other game of strategy. It's game theory. Like, it's the most complicated form of game theory I think you can find because the amount of variables that go into attraction are fucking insane. Like there's way more variables that go into whether or not a girl will sleep with you than whether or not someone will buy your fucking products or whether or not someone will, you know, it's like why someone would be your friend. Like think about all the variables. <laughs> there's so many, right. But from a game theory perspective, you know that saying certain things is probably going to yield certain responses and how to respond to those. So I know that if I walk up to a girl, the worst, I'm going to get one of three reactions. I'm going to get a positive reaction, a neutral reaction, or a negative reaction. If it's a positive reaction, that's easy, right? She gives me love and that kind of boosts my confidence, makes me feel good in the moment. And we can continue down that path pretty simply. If it's negative or angry, um, that's actually better than neutral. And the thing is, if, if you're getting some sort of strong reaction, it means that you've, you've touched on something emotional in her. And remember, women want to feel shit. They want to feel alive. They want to feel emotions. That's why they go out. That's why they're fucking women. What they don't want to do is be bored. Girls just want to have fun. They don't want to be bored. They don't want to be thinking they don't want to tell you like logical shit in a party environment. They just want to fucking have fun and dance 
and do this and do that and talk about blah, 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 blah. None of this shit that actually matters. It's just fun, fluff, pop culture. You get it, right? So the girl gives me a, um, you know, a neutral reaction. It's almost always because I came in with just something too boring, something too lame, uh, something robotic, something that'll get you giving the impact on people that you work for the government. Um, so we've been working a lot on how to deliver, you know, opening lines with the type of mindset and, and, you know, the, you know, the, I don't know what you call it, the, just the mind or the frame that, you know, no matter what, you're going to get a reaction. You're going to say something bold. You're going to do something bold to stop them. Physically, you're going to be bold. Eye contact wise, you're going to be bold and that pays off. And then obviously knowing what you're going to say to anticipate their responses is huge. Like for an example, if I see you on the street, I'm going to walk up to her. Hey, saw you. Had to risk embarrassing the hell out of myself to come meet you. Don't worry. I'm only one third creepy. My name's Robbie. And then, you know, she's laughing at that point. I know I'm good. If she's just completely indifferent at that point, I know I haven't made much of an impact on her. I need to make an impact on her emotionally right then and there, or I'm going to, she's just going to basically move along. And that what I'll say is I'll be like, you know, you're giving me that look. She's like, what look? Like that look, the one where you'd rather be fucking burned at the stake than talking to me. Or you'd rather me, you know, you, you wish I'd fall off a ladder right now so you didn't have to hang out here. And that's a bold statement, right? And if she actually feels like that, she's going to laugh. And you're going to connect with how she's feeling. And the laughter is going to build a slight connection. And then you can parlay that connection into a, into a bigger connection or a longer connection. But if you don't say that and you just fucking continue on with spewing fucking shitty, boring ass questions at her, you're going to get nothing but pity numbers or um, I have boyfriend lines. So you need to practice, practice, practice the fucking shit you're going to say. It needs to be smooth. You can't stumble over your words. It's already hard enough as it is without having it memorized. So how did you build this decision stream? It's in the members area, bar game flowchart, day game flowchart. Oh, okay. I have a question, Robbie. Yeah. So you mentioned something which was really interesting uh, in terms of pattern recognition, like especially how you're saying that you know, Joel, and I'm assuming I'm included in that group of people who are not there yet. How do we know, like, if you're heading in the right direction in terms of, like, um, you know, when you become part of the cool crowd, how do we know what kind of indicators should I be looking for? Makes any sense? Yeah. I mean, they're pretty obvious. Um, you're going to get invites to cool stuff. You're going to get people interested in, in what you're doing, right? They're going to mm-hmm. ask you, like, so what do you do? They're going to take an interest in you. They're going to invite you to things. They're going to extend business opportunities. You're going to have, you know, dates with, with hotter girls or more connected. Um, you know, you'll see a lot of social opportunities, and you'll see this kind of whole world of, like, whoa, 
fuck, I've been living in LA for this long and I didn't know about all this stuff that was happening like behind the scenes, right? To the outside, to the outside world, it's like LA is just whatever. It's got some bars and clubs, but they're really expensive. But, you know, there's this humongous private party networking celebrity cool people in the no scene, maybe the biggest in the world because it's LA, right? And you start getting invites to those sorts of things and and that's how you know. Yeah, it makes sense. Totally. Uh, let's take the Payne Mansion party, right? Like find me a better party than that in San Francisco. It doesn't exist, right? Yeah, absolutely. And how many people knew about that party in San Francisco? Yeah, not a lot. Like three people. So that stuff's always going around. Like, you know, and obviously it's probably happening as well in Istanbul. Um, and, um, you know, that's why I said, give me two weeks here and I'll have it kind of figured out. But it's, I don't think it's at these clubs that uh, are the best clubs in the city. You know, they're just like, it's just not really happening. You know, like in LA, if you want to go out, you know, you go to One Oak on Thursday or Saturday on Friday, you go to uh, Warwick. Those are all like a lot of the people who you will find in that scene will still be there. And then they'll go to after parties. I imagine it's kind of similar here, except maybe less people go out to like the actual clubs. They just go straight to probably these six mansion parties in, in the hills and whatnot. Makes sense? Yeah. So if you're going to use the concept of leverage kind of as a shortcut to get better at getting into these social circles, what are the best things in your own life to focus on? Because I think everyone's already going to be focusing on their career, focusing on getting better with girls. Like where can you get the most leverage out of improving your life? Surround yourself with hot girls. I know guys that aren't even that good with girls, but they're good at making friends with girls and they surround themselves with hot girls. And they can then leverage those girls to go anywhere they want. Um, for those of you who are at the Pain Mansion party, like Tommy's not good with girls. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he, he's not bad. He's really good at being friends. He's, but he like lives in the friend zone. Um, you know, he doesn't have that like that eye of the tiger. He's a little bit like awkward when it comes to like physically escalating, I watched him. Um, he tried to cock block me with a girl who was like clearly super into me and had been showing me love all night. And like anyone who's like really socially adjusted is going to see that anyone who bangs a lot of girls is going to be like, okay, this is a waste of time to go after this girl. Cause clearly she's giving this other guy tons of love and you know, a I'm fucked and B I'm just a cock block. Right. Um, but Tommy gets invited to, to fucking everything and everything for free because he's, he's managed to befriend a lot of hot girls. Cool, man. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty easy answer. What else guys? I got a question. Let's say you go, you're invited in a social circle and you got to that point where you're hanging out with hot girls and you're hanging out with friends and they're in the, they're a lot more into the drug scene. Obviously when they're part, they're doing a lot of coke, they're doing a lot of uh, different or shit, but that's not what you're into. How can you, um, be socially acceptable in that environment, but at the same time, like if all everybody's doing coke and shit, you don't want to do that. Still be considered cool and not an outcast. How would well, you go about? Is, 
doing that. Like, if you're in that environment where you're with, with a whole bunch of friends or girls, and the girls, some girls are giving you love, then you don't, you don't want to do coke, and then, not, then they stop giving you love and shit. Like, what do you do in that situation? The only girls that would not give you love because you didn't do coke are not there girls. There was one chick that did. Yeah, Literally, cool, one chick that like, was like, fly to office, and I said no, and then she fucking walked away. Yeah, like, she was using okay. for coke. She was trying to use you for coke, and she was trash on trash on trash, and uh, and she was manipulating you, and it didn't have anything to do with the coke. It just had to do with oh. what you could get. Got it. Okay. Because any girl who's hot and cool isn't going to judge a guy for not doing coke, right? Or she might judge him if he like pretends to be like a crazy druggie, and then like when yeah. push comes to shove, he won't do a line. Right. Yeah, it was fucking retarded, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" So, like, um, yeah, I just wanted to know if there's a certain way to act around that, or just like, I just, I just like, didn't give a fuck, and well, I act like I didn't give a fuck underneath. I gave a fuck, and it bothered me, and I was kind of in my head about it. But at the same time, I just you know just played off like no big deal, and started talking to another chick, and had fun. But it, it just it still bothered me. You know what I mean? Like it. It bothered me that it happened. So I just wanted to know what to do in that situation. Okay. Well, it's a fancy girl. It's not your fault. It's, it's a girl being okay. a fucking scumbag. And, uh, you know, don't think about it anymore. It's not worth it. All right, cool. All right, thanks. Yeah. So I have a question. My goal is to hit on these hot girls. But now there's this new goal of befriending the hot girls. Like, how do you... How do you decide which ones to make your friends and which ones to hit up? Or should I take a few months and just make friends? What do you recommend? No, you approach hot girls to approach hot girls. And that will make you a more all-around solid guy who's more attractive, right? Um, Approaching to make friends is weird. It's not a thing that people would do. Unless you're going to approach another guy at a bar. Like if I see a guy at a bar who's clearly like, looks like he's cool. looks like he definitely knows what the fuck he's doing with girls. I'll go talk to that guy because one guy, right? Like if I meet one guy who has a sick social circle, like if I meet a Jesse, I don't really need a whole lot else. Right? Like that can be my social circle. Jesse kind of is the hub of the social circle for, you know, all of us mods. He's like the glue that, kind of introduces everyone to everyone. And you're, you're always going to find like a few different guys like that. Um, and you know, they're, they're not many, but if you meet one, you know, that can be your whole fucking thing. Right. But obviously if you meet them, you, they're going to have an extremely, um, you know, extremely tough weed out policy of who they let into that social circle. Um, so for you, Joel, it's more of a, I think it's more of an issue of you becoming more comfortable in conversation, you being a better conversationalist, you not stumbling over your words as, not, as much, you fixing your voice, you know, you basically, you need to give off a different vibe. The vibe you give off is I bang fives and like, I'll hit on anything. I, I don't, I'm not scared of anything. Uh, and you know, that's, that's me. That's, that's the vibe I get from you. Does that make sense? Yes. Any other questions? 
So, like, in terms of, like, making friends with these girls, like, for example, in moving day, like, moving weekend for me, if there's, you know, a bunch of girls having a dorm party, would I go about doing that just like I would, like, grab her number and everything like I was going to hit on her and then just not escalate physically? Is that basically the same thing? And just, like, inviting them out as a friend? The only difference being you don't escalate? Exactly. Now, see, I, I rarely hit on girls anymore. Like it, it almost never happens. The only time I hit on girls is pretty much when I'm in a situation with you guys where I need to bring girls over for you guys. Um, you know, we're at a table and we don't have any girls and I need to bring them over or I'm by myself in a city and I know no one and I need to, you know, get some dates and meet hot girls and figure out where shit is. It's the only time I'm like gaming or not gaming. That's the only time I'm like, um, you know, like approaching all of my other interactions essentially start as me just being cool. Me just, you know, being me and based on who I am, it's only a matter of time before those girls want to bang me. The only thing I do differently, if I want to keep a girl in the friend zone or if I want to bang her is I escalate physically. I get to the point with all of them where I know I could, I know they kind of want me to, but you know, unless she escalates on me, which sometimes will happen, um, I'm probably not going to do it. And I'm just going to kind of play the waiting game. And in college, the social scene is essentially a hookup culture. So you kind of just do the same thing. You don't really want to be gamey in any way. You just want to be a cool guy who they know and they know that their friends know and you're just cool and you're just around her. And just by being the cool guy who's around her more, she'll eventually you'll be in a situation where you can escalate and hook up with her. So if you move too fast from the beginning, you could blow out some of your opportunities. But just by being a solid dude with good character and who's attractive, you can just hang around her and shit's literally going to fall into your lap. Yep. She'll make the moves on you. She'll make it abundantly clear. You just have to know how to read the signals and all of her signals at first will be nonverbal. She'll be spending a lot of time around you. She'll find a reason to talk to you. She'll find a reason to sit close to you. You know, she'll want to be in your energy. She'll want to be in your fucking force field, whatever you want to call it. Right. And uh, if not, she's probably not interested. Once she's in that, you know, once she's in that force field, she'll, she'll start to give you signs and you can either capitalize on them and escalate and bang her or choose to not. Okay. That's, that's simpler than I thought anyway. So God, I'm glad that clears it up. Thank you. The way you're going to want to operate is similar to what Robbie would do if he's with the mohos or like at a party at the paint mansion or anything like that. Like college always assumes a level of familiarity. So you just have to kind of show that you're in the cool crowd and you can do that in a very passive way. Like if you're at a bar in somewhere like LA, New York city, you have to try a lot harder because you're not already vetted. Everyone in college is essentially vetted. So you just have to be cool, be normal. And from there, if she likes you, it'll be pretty easy. Yep, exactly. Cool. Well, I'm crashing, but, uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Check the group for updates and, you guys should all be posting more stuff. I want to hear about more approaching, more social circle situations. You guys really need to write up your stories. Anytime you have an interaction with a girl, you know, you should write it up. 
what were the highlights? Where did the conversation start to fizzle out? What did you do about it? Did you use anything to call it out to change the vibe? You know, these are all super important things that you need to look at. Later, guys.